Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. High drive, deep left field for Middlebrooks. Back and that is gone. Third home run of the day for Will Middlebrooks. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. Come on, man. Swing on back. Bring Podcast powered by Swing Juice, SwingJuice.com, the official merchandise provider for the In Rake Podcast. Episode 58, what's going on, party people? Brooksy, here's what I want to know. What's the uh, emotions and vibe right now in Boston? I know that Bloom and Alex Cora are both returning, according to reports, despite some questions. But the playoffs are looking bleaker and bleaker. Distant and distant. Uh, what's the vibe out there in Boston? Because you were up there for about a week and a half, right? They're like holding on to just like a little bit of hope that they can get hot like they did in June, but it's not a playoff team. If they're, if they're healthy, they're a playoff team, but they're not healthy. They're not healthy. The Chris Sale injury killed them because that was going to give them a lot of depth. Uh, Trevor Story missing a long period of time crushed them. Uh, Devers being out here and there. Kike Hernandez being out here and there, they, they, they're pitching just, uh, their middle relief has been bad. I mean, guys coming in and giving up four spots. It can't happen in the sixth, seventh inning. So, um, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces in the off season. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be free agents, so they're going to have to make some moves. I think right now they're around 230 million. They're they're, they're, I think they're just over the luxury tax of 230, like low, low two thirties. Um, so with the guys coming off the books, you know, Valdi and, and guys like that, they're like, there's going to be money. There's going to be, I think, close to $85 million freed. So with that money, what would I like to see? And I love spending other people's money. So I, I'm locking up Devers long-term because if you let him go another full season, that money's going to keep going higher and higher and higher. So lock him up. He's on one more year left. Um, you got to resign Xander Bogars, in my opinion. He's the captain of the team. Um, we've talked about this before, Heim Bloom and the front office. Boston's different. You kind of got to take the temperature of the city, the fans, because if you lose the fans, you lose everything there because that's a special place, but it's not near as special when it's only half the stadium full, let's be honest. Uh, they need their support there. So I think you sign Xander Bogarts. Um, I think a five-year, 125, probably on top of his one more year or whatever that's left on his contract would get it done. He's 30. You think Trevor's um, story was kind of a concession plan just in case? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I Best case scenario is having both those guys at the middle because when they were both healthy, that defense was so good. Like, so good, right? So, uh, he was playing gold glove defense before he got hurt, before he got, you know, hit in the hand, hit in the wrist, broke, and broke a bone in there. But, um, you know, he was only hitting like 230, right? Two, you know, 220 something, 230. I don't remember exactly. But to this day, with all the time he's missed, he missed like six weeks, maybe more, and he's still second in homers and RBIs on the team. Like he was just clutch. He came up in all the big spots. He struggled the first couple of weeks because obviously he twelve at bats in spring training, late signing. Uh, he got a stomach bug at the beginning of the year in New York. Uh, he had to try his first kid, so he missed a ton of time. But he just came up clutch. He got really hot there for about a month and carried the team offensively. So, um, yeah, is he a good backup plan? Sure. Best case scenario, you have both of them. And that way, Christian Arroyo, uh, Kike, like those guys can kind of continue to roam. Kike can play center if they re-sign him. Who knows? He's coming off the books as well. I don't know if they'll re-sign him or not, but he's good to have because he can bounce around too. So, Heimblum loves interchangeable pieces. Alex Cora loves interchangeable pieces. And ultimately, it makes you a better team. So, if you have three of those guys on your club, you're good too. But to your original question, this is not a playoff team. I'm glad you brought up the off season that is uh, coming up, you know, rather quickly, kind of, you know, the playoffs are on the horizon here uh, on this episode of the wake and rake podcast. We're going to be talking about upcoming free agents because it's never too early to look ahead. Right. You also brought up money in terms of maybe Rafi Devers gets paid, but you know, who did get paid is Julio Rodriguez. So we have a few different things on the docket on today's episode, including J rods extension. The minor leaguers are revolting. Nah, not, not really unionizing potentially uh we're on pool holes uh, watch we'll talk about 2020 
223 free agents to be. And then we also want to get into the Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, American League MVP conversation. Brooksy has some pretty uh, interesting factoids and statistics that might make you lean uh, a certain way. I want to ask you this. Going back to Nesson, you know, you've you're almost you almost have a year under your belt here, and you talked about Heim Bloom and the vibes in Boston are not not exactly great. How much conversation is there between you guys at Nesson in regards to job security and what goes on between the front office? Because walk this through or walk me through like I'm five. There is a partnership between the Red Sox and Nesson. Red is Sox Nesson- ownership, they they own Nesson. They own Nesson. So. Let me ask you this. How much freedom do you guys have to critique or analyze front office moves and job security of Boston Red Sox employees? I think the best people at what I do as an analyst are honest and transparent. And in a city like Boston, I think the audience wants you to be honest and transparent. Um, Anytime I'm positive about the team or pick, uh, you know, have some type of something positive to say on Twitter, I get all the replies of, oh, yeah, you work for the team. You have to say that. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. If you watch my shows, if you watch pre and post game, I will not ever crush a player unless it is just a complete bonehead, dumb play that is r- ridiculous. I will never crush a player. I will crush. I will critique a play. I will not critique a player. If that makes sense, fair. Uh, because I do know how hard the game is. I was a two thirty hitter, my career. It's really hard. It's hard to stay healthy. It's hard to perform at a high level every day. And the guys that are able to hit three hundred and hit forty homers, they are elite because it is so hard to do. Um, and I will never forget that. But back to what you were saying, like how much freedom do I have to criticize ownership or management? Um, to a certain extent, there's, I will only speak on things that I fully comprehend. So I, I have a hard time criticizing uh, a GM for actions that I don't fully understand. Like if Heim Bloom makes a certain move, it's calculated. And it, he has thought about it before and he has a team around him that helps him make those decisions. So to us on the outside, it may not look like it makes sense, but they have a bigger plan than what we see right in front of us right now. Uh, so I have a hard time. I won't ever crush those guys. I won't because it, that's not coming from up top. That's just you being you. That's me personally. I don't, no one has ever told me one way or the other, you have to be pro Bloom, pro John Henry, Tom Warner, Sam Kennedy. Like you, no one has ever said that to me ever. Interesting. And they won't and they won't. That's good. But, I mean, that's a good business right there. Like, I, so I I'm speak. I'm very lucky to my host is Tom Karen. Yeah. Most people know him as TC. Um, he is very honest with me. He gives me, and I told him from day one, critique me to the highest level because I want to be great at this and I want to do it for 30 years. So even if I think I had the best show of my life, humble me. Tell me, well, you could have done this a little better. Even if it's just a little better, if I had a great show. Find something every show that I can get better at because there's something. I'm no one's perfect at this. Even the best of the best can get better, right? And I'm not even close to the best of the best. So um, I'm very lucky to have him by my side. And for him, I can call him, text him anytime. And that's a subject that we've talked about. Like, how criticizing can I be? He's like, you can be you. If they don't like it, they'll 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 call you. You know, like I I will never like blow up somebody's spot or criticize someone without backing it up with facts. It won't just be like a Boston radio rant. That is not who I am. I back stuff up and I rarely crush professionals uh, for the decisions because I know how hard it is. And speaking of front office, I've never done it before. So there's only so much I can criticize on that front. The reason I ask is because I've had different experiences myself. I'm not going to call out certain employers that I've had in the past but I'll give one example. Uh, when I was working in social media at one time, we put out a graphic and we had a partnership with that conference. The graphic was negative toward a certain team in that conference. That conference contacted my employer at that time and said, Hey, 
what's going on here. We have a partnership. What are you doing sending out negative energy about certain teams from our conference? So what happened? We ended up having to take the graphic down. For the record, it was a completely factually based statistic. It wasn't. See, that's, a, that's annoying. That's that can't happen. And my manager said the same thing. My manager said, look, you did nothing wrong. This is unfortunately the um, this is the business that we're in and you can't burn those bridges. Another example I have is and it, it connects to your Ness and Red Sox connection, too. I was interviewing for a job with NBC Sports Chicago, and uh, I was warned, if you will, for lack of a better term, that it's owned by Jerry Reinstar. So the owner of the White Sox also has a say in what goes on in NBC Sports Chicago. Right. And so he said, sometimes they get complications in regards to how much freedom they have in the articles that are written, what is said on TV. As we've seen, Ozzy Gann has basically every freedom possible to say whatever he wants to do, but that's Ozzy Gann. But for guys like myself or regular, you know, entry-level, uh, mid-level employees, sometimes those freedoms can be restricted. So that's good, the fact that you have that freedom to say what you want to say on air, because trust me, that's not the case everywhere you go. I, I'll, I'll add this too. Um, so the team chose to add Tony Maserati Maz to the, uh, the broadcast. He's, he was not a player, so he didn't, he doesn't have the experience of playing the game, but he has done a good job as a color analyst. Um, and that, and I thought, you know, why did the team bring him on? Right. Like why, why would they bring him on to do color analysis? He, he never played. Um, but then I realized he is known for being overly critical of the ball club on the radio. Mm. Like that's his thing. I mean, he backs it up right now. He rants and yells and this and that, that's his stick. Like people like that. Uh, some people hate it. Some people love it, but, I hate it. I hate but, it. but okay. there's an audience for that. Right. And, um, he doesn't do that on the broadcast. He tones it down a lot, and it's, he's good on the broadcast. Um, but I think the team wanted someone in there who could be critical because so many players are scared to be critical of players because they don't want players to not like them. Yeah, relationships with these guys. Dude, it's tough. Friend, you, know? I, you know what? It is tough because I have boys on the team, like yeah. boys, ex-teammate. I played with Xander. Michael Walker and I grew up playing baseball together. Yeah. But – if there's a bad play, I'm going to critique critique the play and say this is what should have happened. This was and it didn't happen. But I will constantly remind you, it's a hard game. Like, and here's the reason why he made an error. Here's the reason why he isn't throwing strikes. Watch his step here. Watch his first step. That's my job to explain that to you, not to crush the player and to say, "Oh, this guy stinks." No, he's the best. He's one of the best in the world. One of the best 750 players on the planet. All right. So I will critique the play, but I will not critique and crush a player. It's a tough business, man. I like it. I love not, it. It's not a tough business for Julio Rodriguez. That boy cashed out, Brooksy. He's going to be staying in Seattle for a long time. And that's great for Seattle. Ever. Forever. Nice, solid Sandlot reference. He's going to be in Seattle for a long time. That's great for Seattle. Uh, Seattle is. Two decades into this playoff drought, and hopefully they will end the drought this year. They are in playoff position here on August 30th. We will wait to see how that winds I up. A, I have a question. Be... I have a question about him for you. Yeah, shoot. No, I want your honest first reaction. I answer to this. I'm scared. Is he okay. their version of the the, the modern day King Griffey Jr.? Oh, Griffey. I think we're going to compare him to Tatis. Um, no. I can't sp- – do- and you're going to get mad at me for this because – no, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make a, make you go viral here. This is just, no, no, for... no, 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 no. The reason you're going to get mad at me for this is because I'm basically calling you old. And I'm going to say that Ken Griffey jr. Was a little bit before my time. Yeah, but you still know baseball. So okay, baseball. the point I'm making, he's, young. I don't know the impact he is one of the best talents in the game. Yeah. He, he's right-handed instead of left-handed, obviously. And he's an outfielder. So I, I just, I see comps there. It's just the first, I had literally just thought of that. It wasn't something I was like brewing on. It was just something I was like, you know what? It's kind of their new, like their modern day version of like what they hope he turns into. I think like a hall of famer spends most of his career there. He has the opportunity to spend his whole career there and make $400 million. Right. The fans think that. Absolutely. I, I, I will say this. 
the impact that he has and the flair that he brings and the energy that he brings is very reminiscent of the kid, no doubt. For and me, they need that up there. I saw the impact that Ichiro made on Seattle more than I saw Griffey. When I remember Griffey mostly as a Cincinnati bred, that's just how I grew up. That's the time period I that's grew up. That's when you were starting, that's when you started watching ball, you know? Right. And so for me, I saw the impact that Ichiro had on Mariners fans because that's when I, you know, that's when I saw him. And unfortunately, they didn't have any postseason, not only success, but really much experience at all. Yeah. But I hope they get in this year. Gosh. But I, I really compare J Rod. That's why I thought you were going to bring this up. I compare J-Rod to Tatis a lot. A oh, team on the West Coast, a, a historically losing He doesn't have quite the flair. He doesn't have quite the flair. Not as much. He doesn't have quite the class ball either yet. Right. Not yeah, quite possible, but a, a losing franchise historically. Neither, you know, you know, the the Padres had never won a World Series. The Mariners haven't been in the playoffs in two plus decades. Um, they're both relatively new franchises. You know, they're on the West Coast. They're mostly afterthoughts, younger brothers of other West. Excuse me, yeah. getting hyped up here. Uh, younger brothers of other West Coast teams, and then they have the flair, and then they both come up at 20, 21 years old, and they completely turn the franchise on its axis, and all of a sudden are now playoff contenders. Tatis obviously went one direction with the PEDs and. That's another conversation for another day. But so right. far, J. Rod seems to be on that same trajectory. And that Seattle, seem humble. Seattle, Seattle playoff team, for sure. I think they're dangerous. I think their starting rotation is sneaky good. Brooks. It is really good. You get in a five game series against those Dude. those arms. Yeah, it's yeah, especially it's really with, good. they added Castillo, like a Gilbert. Uh, Robbie Ray's been one of the best pitchers in the league since May, June. Yeah, he really turned it on. Like the more than the second half like yeah june like mid-june george kirby's nasty yeah Gilbert's like, I, don't, I don't think you want to play the mariners where's their hole how's their bullpen bullpen's fantastic they're offense so they live and die that's what it is yeah they, the they don't score ball. a ton of runs they, they live and die by the long ball if they hit a home run they're fantastic coming into this last weekend they actually blew a late uh a late lead uh, yeah. but they were 50 and 0 going into last weekend when having a lead after the eighth inning Wow. 50, you know, they hadn't lost a game. Now they lost this once last, last week. Do they have a closer? Uh, yeah. So they got Munez. Munez. I didn't know if it was by committee or if they had like one guy. Uh, what, what do they call them? Their bullpen. It's like the firefighters in Spanish. What is it called? Los Bombardos. I think it's called. I don't know. Uh, so their closer is Paul Seawold. Strikeout machine. And then they got guys like Diego Castillo, Matt Brash. Seawald was he wasn't he with the, he was with the Mets at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. So the bullpen's good. They play, you know, mediocre, pretty solid defense. Um, and they hit long balls. So guys like Eugenio Suarez, you know, who has the most home runs in baseball since 2018. That's nuts. I know. I don't think many people understand that. It's because he was in Cincinnati. Nah. I'm not saying that's why he has those homers, but he has some homers that definitely great American small park, as we called it. So I don't think but, opposing yeah. rot rotations are that scared of Seattle, but I think if you're going to be a playoff team, like right now you're thinking, shit, give me the Yankees. They just lost two out of three to Oakland. They just okay. lost the first game. Can to we talk Angels. about the Yankees uh, a little bit? Like floor's yours, man. Are you concerned? Without, okay. So without Aaron judge, Without and we can kind of bridge this into Judge and, and yeah. um Otani, but um without Aaron Judge, are they are they contenders? Like, okay, in August, I'm gonna put this in perspective. In August, Judge has an OPS of one point okay, I'll uh 1064, 1064, Judge's OPS. The rest of the Yankees lineup, six hundred. All right. So at, at what point as an opposing team, are you like, just walk them? Why the Angels did. The Angels did twice. Yesterday. Yeah. Twice. Why, yeah. Like, yeah. why, why are you pitching to him? Why are you, why is Andrew Benatendi hitting behind Aaron Judge in the lineup? That was strange. That was new. That was a new little. I know. Like, what are we doing? Twist. He's a 240 hitter for the Yankees since he came over, 240. Right. He's a singles hitter. He has what, two homers on the year? Three homers? Go to first, bud. So MLB Network put up a side-by-side -side of Judge's numbers with Stanton and Judge's numbers without Stanton. They were 
damn near mirroring one another. Like yeah. one wasn't better than the other. You would think with Stanton behind him, you get more protection, better pitches to hit. That's just how much better he's been in the second half. I think he's just like he. If Stanton was there, he'd be. He'd probably have five more homers. Like that's how insane. And like, I don't know. Yankees offense by month, by the way, April through July, five point three five runs per game. That was first in baseball with a four forty four slugging, which was also first in baseball. In August, three point five four runs per game, which is ranked twenty fifth in the game. 353 slugging that's 27th in the game and you know they live and die by the home run right mm -hmm. that's why they're not winning games if you're the astros right now would you rather play the yankees or the mariners yankees you would rather play the yankees yeah i agree I, baseball's about getting the team it's getting who's hot, hot the right hot? time it's getting yeah. hot who's healthy yeah. who's hot yeah no 100 percent Right now, I'm not saying the Yankees won't get hot again. They had the worst record in the American League in August. Oh yeah, nine and seven. That's that's Dude, worse we than the talking, Detroit Tigers. We were talking about them winning 120 games a month and a half ago. The Dodgers, mate. They were pacing like 119. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I was like, this might be the best team all time. Worst record <laughs> since August 1st. Oakland A's nine and 16, who they just lost two or three to. The Yankees did. Detroit Tigers nine and sixteen, and the Yankees at nine and seventeen. That's a three forty six win percentage. Two a, a two twenty two batting average as a team. Oh, you know something else? Something else that I, I like about Judge. We let's start talking MVP. He, what's I'm I'm getting into it right now. Aaron Judge is my MVP. He's my AL MVP. And I'll let you tell the world why you think it's Otani because I know you think it's Otani, you West Coaster. All right? Jeez. Um, something else I think is great about Judge is he is a gold glove right fielder. And he gave his team flexibility to say, you know what, I'll go play center field. And he's been damn good in center field too. He has. And he's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, however big he is. That's – I don't know. That's beyond – I know we, we judge uh, – MVPs based off of offense, unless you're talking Otani, then you're talking we pitching. Judge well. MVPs. What? We judge MVPs. You, you like that? Is that intense? all right? All right. So okay. Listen. All right. What is that? <laughs> oh, it's a water bottle. Um. Okay. So I knew you would come loaded on Otani, right? It's so easy to argue Otani's MVP because yes, he's a he could finish really top five in Cy Young voting. He could finish top three if Verlander misses a lot of time. Yeah. And if he keeps pitching well. Listen, the Verlander calf thing is he ain't hurt, dude. He's resting. He's resting. He's going to miss you two stars. You don't come out of a game to rest. You do it after. He's, it's, he's I, sore. Okay, if they were in a race right now, he would not miss a start. I'm with you there. There was but no I muscular issue. It was all soft tissue. All right. So that tells me he didn't pull anything. It was just sore. Uh, he probably caught a cramp, you know, and it's sore, but rest. No, I, I worry about Tony Gonzalez too, by the way, because I'm like, I feel like this is a good time to rest him. Like, I think they're playing it super safe with his forearm. I, I hope that's what it is. And it's just a little sore and he's going to miss some starts and to be fresh, you know, have two or three starts right before the, po the postseason and be ready to go for the postseason. All right. Back, back on, back on MVP talk. So I, like I said, I knew you were going to come ready to talk Otani and explain to me why he's MVP. And I completely understand that side of it, but I'm dug up two metrics. All right. You know, I don't love analytics and like deep metric stats. Um, two stats that I think are really good at showing why judge should be the MVP when probability added WPA. That, that's more of a familiar stat that people are, are, are more familiar with. So Otani batting this year, 1.1 WPA. Pitching, 2.7 WPA. So his total win probability added is 3.8. Aaron Judge only has batting win probability added, 5.4. So that shows that he has been better for his team. What was Otani's? Total, 3.8. Last year, by the end of the year, Otani was 7.6. That's how much better his season was last year. All right, now I have one more stat. And this one's crazy. This was deep, like deep, deep, deep. It's called RE24. Okay. 
and you kind of told me sounds like a star wars character yeah re24 yeah so i was like what well, <laughs> you good. kind of you kind of knew what this was though right yeah uh r- runs uh shoot runs expectancy basically yeah I've okay so i'm gonna read out. this so re24 is a stat that credits or discredits a batter or pitcher for their role in changing their team's odds right. in scoring or preventing opponents from scoring. So you can be a, it kind of evens the playing field between a pitcher and a batter. Unlike traditional stats, RE24 is context dependent. In uh, the value of an offensive action varies based on the situation. So basically, it adds in like the clutch, all that. Like within the big situations, is there more guys on base? Is it late in the game? Are you down one? Do you tie the, you know, there's lots of things that go into that, into uh, having this stat. So, okay. Otani batting, RE24. He has a 25.4 rating. Pitching, he has a 22.5. So his total RE24 is 47.9. Judge, 54.3. So it's higher. For for context, Otani in 2021 had a 75 RE24. So here's where you're going wrong, though. I'm not. Let me. I backed up the reason. I I, I get it, Judge. I know what you're gonna say. Judge can't pitch every fifth day, right? That's that's no. what everybody argues. It doesn't no. matter. No, Judge is be... single handedly handedly carrying one of the best teams in baseball. You have me so misunderstood. You act like I don't respect Aaron Judge. I fucking love Aaron Judge, man. And for that reason, maybe he'll follow you on Twitter. Yeah, he's not gonna follow you. Uh, that's what you're trying to do. You're just trying to get that follow back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here's my conversation for Otani, or my 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 argument for Otani, and I want to combat yours first by saying stop comparing Otani's 2022 season to his 2021. Why? That's not fair. He said so that that has nothing to. Okay. No. 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 That, I, that was just to give you reference and context of the number. I'm not you, saying he shouldn't be because he isn't as good as last year. Okay, that's that's fine then. That's fine. I just want to clear that I'm up. I'm saying those numbers judge is better, and those take the those take the pitcher batter um, disconnection away and judge them solely based on what they do as a player. Aaron Judge has hit a homer or pitched in 41 games this year. Shohei Otani has hit a homer or pitched in 46 games this year. Okay. Now, we could talk about how Judge has been a better hitter in those games in between when Otani is not on the mound. Obviously, Otani Otani has not had as large of an impact with his bat as Aaron Judge has with his bat, objectively. So look at their so judges, judges had such an uh, an impact with his bat that it's more than covered what Otani has done with his pitching and his yeah. batting. Yeah, together. Otani has a WAR this year of seven point one. Aaron Judge, according to Fangraphs, eight point one, and according to Baseball Reference, seven point six. So he has Otani beat and wins above replacement. Yeah, I don't even think we need to talk WAR. Because a, a lot of that is is weighted certain way because of the side of the ball you're on, right? So That's why I, I picked those two stats because those two stats take that out. I'm vouching for Otani as a co MVP. Can we do that? Because I don't think That's, you're okay. Wrong. Okay, here now you're going super West Coast on me. Now you're going super Cali boy on me. Liberalism. You know, participation trophies for everyone. Everyone. No, we're not doing okay. co MVP. Most valuable player. You don't That's think singular. there are. You don't think there's times when two guys are like neck and neck. Like, at what point are we going to stop? I'm not saying I'm I am numb to what Otani's doing, but at what point are we going to stop saying? Well, he does both, so he gets MVP. When the guy hits 230 with 20 homers instead of 275 with 30 homers, and he has an ERA sub three. I'm not saying he stinks. I'm saying he, he's one of the best players in baseball. I wanted to I give think my Aaron argument. Judge is the most valuable player. I wanted to give my argument for Otani, and I was not going to critique Judge because there's nothing that I could say about Aaron Judge that would right. say he's not the MVP. And for that, and it's reason, so and, it, and it's really hard for me to argue against Otani. That, that's that's <laughs> like, my whole point. Is like, but I don't can't argue you can't, against. No, him. 
You can't give it to both. I can. You can. They won't. They probably won't. <laughs> I think in my expertise, you know, in my years of being around the business, I think Judge is going to get it for the mere reasons of uh, Otani won it last year. And so writers are like, oh, Otani got his. Now it's someone else's turn. Every, everybody wants a new face. If he hits 62 homers, that'll definitely help his case. Because that's like a one of the biggest records, you know, you know the, the, the Maris home run. You right? got to think this, not to get too conspiratorial here. There's more money for the league when you have a new MVP face. For sure. Otani was on the cover of MLB The Show this year. Okay, you, you don't really want a repeat you want a new face you want like new blood you want yeah. you want you want 10 faces of major league baseball not one yeah and by giving I mean, a judge was already at one of the faces of baseball but he yeah. was but this helps you know that helps i really thought you were going to appreciate me digging deep into the metrics and like like liking it. those stats you've come a long way i literally picked two stats that i could find that was more of like an even playing field between pitcher and hitter because so many stats are one way or the other, right? There's not many that judge them and mesh them together to say, this is how much you help your team. I thought that was kind of cool. Baseball nerds are rallying for Will Middlebrooks at this point. They love me. So let me have my moment. What are your thoughts okay. on minor leaguers unionizing? That was big news. Dude, that's, that's such a huge dub for baseball, man. So Listen. the MLBPA put out this statement. Let me read this before yeah. I get to the floor. The Major League Baseball Players Association has launched a campaign to unionize minor league players across the country. The historic effort kicked off Sunday night after receiving overwhelming support from the MLBPA's exec- executive board. That's amazing. That's such a win. We've been talking about this for years in the clubhouse. Like, why does why do minor leaguers not have protection? Wow, it just made no sense. It's just like, oh, well, that's just kind of how it is. You can get a, you get just a big league, you'll earn that, right? You'll get, you'll get protected by the union. Um, minor leaguers get shafted, bad, bad food, bad pay. It's not even a living wage. If you look at the hours, the twelve-hour days they put in every single day throughout the year, and then they don't get paid in the off season. So you have guys literally going to bag groceries. Like, I get it, like, whatever. There's bigger problems in our world, so it's, like, first-world problems big time. But um, Ask your Uber driver if he plays minor league baseball on the side. Odds are he does. <laughs> right. Lift. Lift, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I got a quick story. And I, I contemplated if I should say this or not because um, – but I'm going to because I don't care. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies – full-on shafted me like so spring training with them i'm in big league spring training i was on a minor league deal so that means i'm not on the 40 man which means i'm not protected by the major league players union even though i had six years in the big leagues um or six seasons in the big leagues four years total um so i break my leg second league second game of spring training i had a really really good shot at being the utility player for that team and spending a lot of the season in, in the big leagues. Didn't happen, obviously. Broke my leg, had surgery in clear water, rehabbing all summer, trying to get back to form. Um, about two weeks after my injury and surgeries, I get a call from my agent. And he says, hey, uh, so I'll just give you the numbers. I was supposed to be making $100,000 that year on a minor league deal. It was a split contract. If I was in the big leagues, I made one2 I'm in the triple in triple A make a hundred. Most most teams have like a max triple A uh salary, which is normally around 100, 110, or it was when I was playing. Uh so I signed like the max triple A deal of a hundred thousand. So I call my agent calls me and says, Hey, the Phillies say they need money to sign a player to replace you, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're not gonna be of service of them this year. You're still on con, you know, in on, under contract with them through the end of the season. Um, but they're they're They only want to pay you 40,000. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I signed a contract. Like I got hurt playing. It's not like I was out riding a motorcycle or snowboarding or right. I and mean, then that's not a shot at Tatis. I'm just making a point. Like I wasn't doing something that breached my contract or illegal, or nothing. I got hurt trying to catch a blooper 
Well, because we were shifted. I was at shortstop, and the left fielder didn't hear me calling it and slid into me and snapped my leg in half. While wearing trying a trying to make a play for the Philadelphia Phillies against I think Santander was hitting for the for Baltimore. He was like number sixty four at the time. It was like his first or second spring training. Um, and I said no, that's that's bullshit. Like call him back and tell him absolutely not. So he calls him back and they call and they say, well, the best, the best they can do is 50. They'll give you half of your money. And there's nothing I can do about it because I have no, I have no protection. There's no players union to stand up and fight for me. So they can say, you know what? You either take the 50 or we're just going to release you and not pay you anything. So when you sign that minor league deal, you relinquish any type of backing from the MLBPA. Yeah. Oh, as soon as you're taking off a 40-man, you don't have protection. Only if you're on the 40-man roster. Only if you are a major leaguer. Only if you are on the 40-man, not major league. Could you be on the 40-man and be in, in the minor leagues? Could you have taken them the court? There's no – you can't win. I mean, it would it would cost me more in legal fees than what I was losing probably. So it was like not worth it. If it was over millions of dollars, that'd be different. Who was the GM at the time with the Phillies? Is it? We don't – we don't have to get into that. All right. You can I'm look, gonna it, look up. it up. I'm going to look it up. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was bullshit. And it's not just me. 50? It happens to a lot of guys. It happens to 50? guys. Cause huh? You got 50. Yeah. For the year 50 K. Yeah. yeah. They cut, they cut. I mean, yes, it's still good money, but I signed for twice that and they took it away because I got hurt playing in a game for them. Were you expected to rehab and get back with the team at the time or was Yeah, I was trying to get back and play that year. And yeah. I was never able to get into games. I took BP, I was jogging, but I just couldn't get healthy enough. I still can't run enough. Like so when they tried four years. So when they tried pulling that, were you kind of like, fuck you guys, I'm not coming back to play anymore? No. I still wanted to play because I still love the game. And I and at that point I was trying to get healthy for next year, right? For twenty nineteen. Because I was like, oh, I can just get healthy and get a minor league job with somebody, even if it's the same contract or less or whatever, just to give myself a chance. Because I knew the the year before in 2017, I had a really good year in AAA with the Rangers. And like 60-something games, I hit 24 homers. Like I had figured some stuff out uh, mentally. I figured some stuff out with my swing. I was playing good defense. I was healthy. I got hit in the hand and broke my hand, so I missed like six weeks. But other than that, like I balled out, got to the big leagues, and I didn't really get a chance to play because Adrian Beltre was playing third base. Uh, he got hurt, and I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to have opportunity. Opportunity, And then they were like, oh, we actually want to see if Joey Gallo can play third base. So back to the bench I went. I didn't really get a chance to play much with the Rangers. I sat the bench most time. I get like a Sunday day game start against Severino, throwing 99 super sinkers and shadows during the day. Like, oh, hey, go pinch hit against Dylan Batances. something like, fuck me, right? Um so, but I felt good about my career. I felt good about my swing and my body and all that. So I was playing or I, I was like, all right, you know what? I'll just suck it up, take half my money. Um, I'm going to just re because they were still rehabbing me. So I was getting rehab every day from, they had great doctors, great physical therapists there. Um, so they took care of me and got me as healthy as they could. And then when it was over, it was over. And then I rehabbed all off season with Eric Cressy here in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, just north of me in Florida, and just got to the point where I realized I wasn't going to be able to move well enough to play, so I had to hang it up. But, um, yeah, man, just I had no protection. And now guys won't – that won't happen to guys anymore, you know? And it's it's not all about money, but it's just like at the same time, it's the principle of like I got hurt playing the game for this organization, and you're punishing me for that. And there's no one to tell you no. That's the problem. I just think you, you got to have, you got to give them a living wage. You know, there was a story that came out. Yep. It was either last year, a couple of years ago, Stockton ports in California, single A affiliate of the Oakland A's. They're they had a partnership with a local hotel and it was supposed to be great for the players because they were going to offer them more affordable housing, all things considered in California. As it turns out, the money that they were making as players were not enough to pay for the rent for this partnership hotel that they had in Stockton, California. And a lot of people look at minor leaguers and are like, well, you're playing baseball for a living. You can't expect to make a bunch of money. You got to remember these guys are, are, they're employees. They are making these minor league teams money. Yeah. You can't expect these guys to work 
as employees without giving them a living wage. You know what I think I think helped this was oh now college players are making more money than minor leaguers. Yeah. All right, we got to change something. And I'm not saying <laughs> let's give every minor leaguer $150,000. I'm not trying no, to get no. political here. But either. when kids when kids are making $15,000 a year like that that ain't it. A like living if wage, they if I, they if they can make $30,000 like it's not a ton of money but that's enough. You you live off that in a year, right? Your your rent's paid, your cars are paid, your bills are paid. Um, you can train in the off season off of that. It's, if you're a single guy now, if you're if you have a family, like that's that's tough. Like, but your wife works and this and that. Like, you make it work, but it's, it's still not a ton. But um, thirty thousand dollars is you can live off that. And a lot of these players, organizations aren't looking to these players to ever make it to the major leagues. They are there. I've been told this by multiple people with fillers. This not fillers. They are there to create a competitive environment for the players that are expected to make a major one hundred percent. And if and if fine. some of those guys turn out to be, you know, diamonds in the rough, great because we didn't pay them shit. And that there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to give them a living wage because they are still an employee. Same reason any other company. There are fillers in other companies too. You, there are certain employees you don't expect them to become a manager, but you still have to pay them a living wage. And I'm not trying to make it political. There here. was just no rule in place, so, and right. there was no no huge. one to no one to to stand up to uh, the league and say, "Hey, this isn't right." And and there's been so many ex players that have gotten this rolling. Like they should be proud of themselves. Like, have you talked to anyone about this over the last few days? Uh, a couple guys, not a whole lot. Yeah, a whole lot. I, I'm just getting back from Boston, so I was in the Boston Loop and all that. So yeah, well, that's huge. Regardless, I think that's great for minor leaguers. I mean, it, that could really change the environment, which has been so poor down on the farm. So, so that's huge. It even, it even, it even uh, has to do with just how like players are fed. Like pre and post game meals are terrible for them. So like, you got to up the money in that area as well. It's just the, the food was terrible. The ho- like hotels are one thing. If it's a shit hotel, like whatever, you have a bed and air conditioning, like you're good. Like it's fine. But you're you're a professional athlete, and you should see some of the food that these guys eat. Yeah, like you're a professional athlete. You are a contracted professional athlete, and you're eating like two pieces of bread with peanut butter and like fluff, which is like marshmallow spread for dinner. Like, what, what about the doing? number one pick? What's Same the thing. One? He's eating the same thing. Same thing, but he's but he's got six million in the bank, so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Right. But these kids who are a fifth year senior and they sign for, you know, five thousand bucks and a plane ticket or less. Sucks. Before I transition into our last segment here, twenty upcoming for agents, let me ask you this: If the Savannah Bananas calls you, would you play for them? No. Why not? Cause I can't, dude. It hurts. Physically, like, I, okay. I would, I would go hang out. Yeah. I'd go like, I don't know, figure out do something with them. But I, I literally like have like basically a disability in my life. How much do you think the bananas make? I don't know. It's a good question. I can ask. Upcoming for agents, as we approach our conclusion here of this podcast, let's just talk briefly about some of these guys. Aaron Judge is going to be the big ticket item this upcoming offseason. People are floating San Francisco because he's from Northern California. Obviously, the front runner is going to be staying in pinstripes in the Bronx. Nolan Arenado, he has an opt-out in his contract, a player option. Indications are he doesn't plan to opt out of his contract. Um, do you see him staying with St. Louis? I mean, he's set to make thirty. million. I think he'll stay. It's like twenty three mil, right? I think it's more than that. Oh, it's more. Which it, it furthers your point, though. Yeah. Jacob Degrom has a player option. He does. He's going to opt out. His player options were thirty million dollars. Arnado, Arnado for twenty twenty three. His base salary will be thirty five million dollars. Thirty five. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess he takes that, unless unless the team, the team is gonna try to extend him. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, probably uh, less I mean, AAV. He's under contract for a while. Arnado is because the contract came over from. Colorado. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so Arnado's under contract through 2027. He'll be 36 years old. Okay. 
Trey Turner, he's going to be available. Man, that guy's still underrated, I swear. He might be the best shortstop in baseball. One of, for sure. Yeah, the shortstop class is pretty good. Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, who's been having a really good year. Yeah, you think Correa's going to opt out? Knowing he him? The, he hasn't had the best season in the no, world. No, he hasn't. His defensive numbers have been trash, too. Um, If I'm him, I'm not opting out. Not this year. There's three other shortstops. He would make... $35.1 million next year if he right. did not, if he opted in. He can also opt out after next year. Right. Exactly. That's the so way I feel. I would stay that. one more year unless, you know, there's uh, another three year deal out there for him, which it might be. Here's a weird thing with going back to your DeGrom point is DeGrom's 34 years old. Yeah. So if he opts out, it's not like he's going to have a six year, seven year deal coming his way. What's he's going to be looking with... like three, four year deal. Right, but what's tough is he hasn't been healthy, man. That's the thing. When he's too. healthy, he is one of he is the best pitcher on the planet. I don't see a team in baseball that offers Jacob DeGrom more than a four-year deal. No, because it's going to be $150 million. 38 years old at that point. He's just coming off more and more injuries. Bro, it's going to be a four-year deal would be pushing 150 I guarantee it. All right, what about Justin Verlander? He's a free agent. He has an opt-out, which he probably will opt out. You think he's not going to opt out? He's going to want to Cy Young. I know he's he's going to opt out. So that's why I said that's he's incredible. By the Aaron way. Nola yeah. has a sixteen million dollar team option. Carlos Rodon has a twenty two and a half. Yeah, Rodon's going to opt. Player out. option. Rodon's going to opt. Rodon's one hundred percent Nathan Avaldi's a free agent. I'm yeah, just going through the list right now. Dansby Swanson. It's another shortstop. You didn't hear me talk about Dansby a minute ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about starting pitching right now. Uh, Severino has a $15 million team option. Your voice puts Um, me to sleep. All right. I'll wake you up when I'm done. Uh, Do you think, I bet the Yankees pick up the optional Severino. I thought he looked good when he was healthy. Um, He's healthy. Yeah. Chris Bassett, free agent, Charlie Morton, free agent, Sonny Gray, $12 million team option, Clayton Kershaw. Interesting. This is, this, this offseason could be pretty fun. Yeah, because Kershaw had a chance to go to Texas, which is his hometown last right, offseason. Yeah. He opted to stay in Los Angeles, but time's running out. He's, he had another couple injuries this year. Yeah. You start to wonder how long Kershaw can last. With He, he leads all active players in innings pitched. He's not going to last forever. So if he does want to go home, the Texas Rangers, they're not afraid to spend money. They're trying yeah. to get things in the gear. Clayton Kershaw could definitely the, um the first base class kind of interesting. Mancini, Josh Bell, Jose Abreu, Anthony Rizzo. That's a good class, too. Yeah, I like Josh Bell. Josh Bell has not hit the ball well since going to San Diego. Trey Mancini should get a nice little payday, too. What? How old is Mancini? 28, 29? I would say like 30. He's 30. If you're the Red Sox, who are you who are you want out of that group? Do you just Aaron want to Judge? resign? You just want to resign. <laughs> There's no chance Judge goes to Boston. I know. I'd love it though. There's... Um, here's God. I was typing this down earlier because I'm like, what, what, what was I? Who was I talking to? I was literally typing this out to someone. Oh, this is what I said. So he, someone asked me about Judge, and I said I'd rather extend Bogart's endeavors. Uh, then use whatever money is left to revamp middle relief and bullpen. You know, uh, I like the back end. I like Tanner Houck. I like uh, Whitlock. I like those guys. Um, but they need something in the middle that's better, a couple guys. Um, I'm re-signing Michael Waka. Mm-hmm. He's been their ace, honestly. He's been so good. Um, and he made $7 million this year. He'll probably – I think you get him for two years, 25, um, which is very doable. Because like I said, they're gonna have like eighty to eighty-five million dollars freed up by free agents. Um, you gotta think you're gonna be paying twenty to thirty million dollars a year to both Xander and Devers. So let's just say that's we'll say fifty-five right there, sixty million a year for those two players. Um, and I think they go get another pitcher, like a number like two or three. I mean, I feel like that's realistic, but who knows? There's going to be a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, a lot of I don't know. There's, this, there's a ton of names, so this offseason is going to be kind of 
crazy. Before we say farewell, does Albert Pujols make it to 700? He's got six homers to go. He's at 694. It's going to be so close. And yeah. he's like, he's hot right now. Yeah. So we talked about this a little earlier off camera. So his ex- this is another uh, advanced metric you're going to love. Expected weighted on base average. So expected WOBA is basically based off of hard contact, mm-hmm. like expected batting averages. You Maybe you're hitting 280, but your expected batting average is 310 because you crush balls and you get out. Like expe- Expected WOBA is, is basically the same thing, um, just based off of how hard you hit the ball. So Pujols' expected WOBA against left-handed pitchers is 444. That's third in baseball behind Austin Riley and your boy, Sean Murphy. Yeah, boy. All right. Pujols has a 12.31 OPS versus lefties and a 6.27 against right-handed pitching. Thank you for those stats. You gave me those earlier, by the way. Um, but, the, but the expected Woba was all on me and my robot self. Um, You're so cool. I just don't know. I mean, he's hot right now. So he took a righty deep last night, I think. Yeah. And Cincy. In, uh, Cincy. Yeah. So if he's hot, put him in there. I mean, this team is playing for him too it's pretty cool well not only him but wainwright and yachty but o'neill is hot right now he's crushing the ball we can save this conversation for another pod if we want to but dude pool should play another season if you're hitting 1200 ops against left-handed pitching you you've earned yourself another year yeah and he's made a ton of money so it's not about money at this point it's like he wants to win a ring and he wants to if he doesn't get to 700 dude he has to come back he, he keeps saying back. like i'm done i'm done i'm done so i don't know and i would brett Favre comes back everyone's like oh my god brett Favre. tom brady comes back oh my god brady just retired if Pujols decides like i'm gonna give it another shot i think everybody's on board with that one yeah and it's smart by ownership too it's a cash cow like once he hits 700 and he hangs it up i'm totally and he lives in that. st louis in the offseason like that's home yeah like just sign him it's a cash cow people are gonna watch him play people are gonna buy his jerseys like that's it's a it's a business play and it allows him to you know get into the history books even more college football is really gearing up this weekend tell jenny best of luck tell her to kick some ass with she's gonna be in san diego actually san diego state versus so san diego state uh yeah so there's no big sec games really right, they're all yet. playing like shit teams so uh san diego state built a new stadium right it's gorgeous right next yeah. to the right so they wanted to cover it so they're playing arizona at san diego so she's doing that, and then next week – or not next week. She, she doesn't have a game next week, and then she gets rolling every week after that. It'll be Penn State at Auburn, mm. so that'll be pretty good. It's going to be daddy yeah. daycare for Brooksy. Yeah, and if she has a good game, you can best believe I'm going to be riding them coattails on the sidelines. Until <laughs> <laughs> next time, party people. We'll be talking more baseball as the playoff push continues on. Peace out, people.